0: Those of us who knew him best talk about him often. I swear the stuff he pulled... I ...these friends of mine could use a couple of beers. <laughs> and he got it. Too. And he got it! Sometimes it makes me sad, though, and Andy being gone. I have to remind myself that some birds aren't meant to be caged. Their feathers are just too bright. And when they fly away, the part of you that knows it was a sin to lock them up does rejoice. But still, the place you live in is that much more drab and empty that they're gone. I guess I just miss my friends.
1: Everybody welcome to Generation Lost the show about movies featuring Brynn and also featuring Jeremy.
2: That's right and it is the Christmas holiday uh, episode season.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well there won't and be it is an the episode yeah cuz we're not doing an episode, an episode next episode. week.
2: <laughs> so uh it is the Christmas episode. <laughs> yeah. And uh <laughs> that can mean only one thing folks, it's time to Crack open crack some open Christmas open those beers. <laughs>
1: those Christmas beers. <laughs> it's red, it's white, it's Budweiser. <laughs> there's there's some green on here this somewhere, I'm sure. This episode sponsored by Budweiser. <laughs> the king
2: of beers. Ba 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 ba. It's beer. <laughs> just, a,
1: just as Santa is the king of Christmas, Budweiser is the king, Is the is the king of beers. As we all know, absolutely yes,
2: yes, Bryn. I was just thinking the very same thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: As they all call him, King Kringle.
1: <laughs> he rules over Christmas. With he an rules iron over fist. Christmas.
2: He rules over the the the, <laughs> the, the kingdom of the North Pole, mm-hmm. where um, you know, all of his like Jack Frost and and um.
1: The elves are his subjects. Well
2: the elves are, are serfs. Uh I right. was gonna say that like Jack Frost is like a landed gentry type of course, yeah. Uh, he's like Frosty, a feudal lord. Frosty the
1: this, snowman this is a lord. Yeah. Uh huh. He's got his his knights who are Rudolph landed.
2: Rudolph has made his way up, you know. He's over like a worm
1: tongue type of a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little a little finger perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Turning on his fellow man. Um. Uh, for, for the grace of the king. Um right you know it's it's the it's the christmas story we all love <laughs> mm. um
2: so what are you doing for christmas
1: um hanging out with yeah. my friends chilling here Mm-hmm. yeah uh for reasons like you know snow and yeah uh, a lot of snow other, this year other <laughs> <laughs>
2: gonna make it hard to get out of town <laughs>
1: Other natural things yeah. that are occurring in the world.
2: Luckily, your mom doesn't watch the fake news media, so no, like, you can no. just be like, you can just be like, New York covered in snow, and <laughs> she'd be like, I believe it.
1: She'd be like, I don't care. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so much snow. No snow where they live, though. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, no. I, I mean, I, I uh, will probably just stay around here. I think I have a couple of friends who are staying here for similar snow-related reasons. <laughs> um, who I'll probably hang out with, too. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, just...
2: They all have parents who refuse to get snow blowers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> look, it's hard to drive in the snow.
2: Look, I just... Uh, look, I'm not anti snow blower. I just think, you know, they
1: They could be harmful to the they environment. They could be
2: harmful to the environment, and I just want to wait a little while... To see what they do to the environment,
1: right? Especially my environment,
2: my environment <laughs> specific. I don't want
1: to ruin my driveway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to end up looking like the girl from the Sea movie, okay? Like <laughs> from snowblowing <laughs>
0: wrong. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I wonder how long it'll take people to be like, to just give up or like stop caring about this, the uh, snowblowers.
2: Never the answer is zero. it's never going to happen there's no end in sight for any of this we're going back into another wave there's going to be of another snow. set of yeah of snow, of uh, black snow. <laughs> a very big blizzard that's going to make us all have to stay inside uh-huh. again not me <laughs> uh, maybe not you but you're going to have nowhere to go cuz everything's going to be closed that
1: will be so annoying
2: and so you're going to you're going to be having fun outside walking around a bunch of closed fucking stores <laughs>
1: Man, snow is ruining my day.
2: Snow is ruining everybody's day, but <laughs> yeah. that's not what we're here to talk about, folks. But we'll,
1: we'll probably sit inside and drink, you know, hot cocoa or mulled wine. Oh yeah, and watch the the classics, the Muppet Christmas Carol. Y'all you know, haven't watched it's *A Wonderful Life* in like ten years. I'll probably watch that this year. You should
2: watch it. It's a good movie. Good movie, yeah.
1: Yes, um, but I will do that this coming week. After you've heard this on Christmas. But this week, what did you watch this week?
2: Thank you for asking. I watched a couple of Christmas movies. I've been getting into the Christmas spirit, of course. I love some
1: Christmas cheer.
2: I would, of course, before I get into these uh, movies that I watched, I would be remiss if I did not uh, mention the season finale of uh, Succession. Succession wow what a good show still good still it's even better <laughs> it's a better show than it was before it's uh it's at times a like confusing show it's hard to really like get a grasp on what's happening in the plot a lot of the times for okay. me because it's very businessy and it's very like you know like corporate intriguey but like it really doesn't matter because it's all about just like interpersonal drama and like just really beautifully crafted dramatic moments acted just like masterfully by people who you just didn't expect Brian Cox, Yeah, Brian Cox. (laughs) I didn't expect to be a leading man like this. Uh, Rory Culkin. Rory Culkin didn't expect this from him at (laughs) all. He really, he just like really knocked it out of the park the last two episodes. Excellent show. Really, really, really recommend watching. Um, But I watched two Christmas movies this week. Two of them. I watched um uh I watched a movie called Office Christmas Party, which is from a couple years ago with like T J Miller and Jason Bateman and um a couple other like comedic people like them who just show up. There's a lot of stand ups who just like pop in here and there and little cameos like that movie Fortune Feinster
1: I don't know, Fortune Findster. Sounds or like a...
2: findster I don't know what it's Fortune it. Findster. She's like a stand-up. She's around... That sounds uh, like
1: a fucking mobile game.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, and Jennifer Aniston is the other main character.
1: That movie looked really funny to me.
2: It's Yeah, so it's it's very much in the spirit of a movie I watched last year, which I really loved, which was um, Bad Mom's Christmas. And uh, I
1: hate that movie. <laughs> you hated Bad Mom's? Or I saw it in the theater. Bad
2: Mom's Christmas? Yes. Hilarious. Uh, I really enjoyed it because it's... Really stupid.
1: Um, Did we talk about this?
2: I don't remember if we talked about it on the show. Uh, But it's a really stupid, but I I enjoyed it because it was stupid and funny and enjoyable enough. Yeah. Uh, This is very much in the spirit of that, where it's like, you're not coming to this because (laughs) you want, like, a smart, well crafted comedy or anything like that. Sure, yeah. It is very much in the spirit of, like, Project X meets, like,
1: Horrible Bosses.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Um, it's like, it's very much like, like towing the line between like being a screwball, you know, ridiculous, uh, 2000s comedy and being just like party porn. And there's a lot of good party porn. It's very enjoyable. A lot of like fun sequences of just like montages of people, like jumping off of shit, getting drunk, like throwing shit out the windows and whatever. (laughs) Very enjoyable. The plot whatever the main story of it is that it's like uh they work at an office that's having a christmas party and it's owned by this uh brother and sister who inherited it from their dad and their dad apparently loved Christmas, had these big epic Christmas parties. And since then they have kind of like fallen to the wayside, gotten really lame. TJ Miller is the son of this guy. And he's like, I want to have a fucking sick Christmas party. Like my dad used to have. And his sister is like, actually the company is like going under and <laughs> y- you can't have a Christmas party at all. We're Not allowed to have yeah. Christmas. And so there's like something where like, there's a guy who works for another company that they want to do business with. And it's like, a big, accounts that they want to land and they're like we're gonna show them a good time at our awesome christmas party but then it gets out of hand and blah 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 uh it's they a- like
1: drive cars through windows and it, it, yes. like, it's really insane so
2: the car driving scene is what i really wanted to talk about oh, is, okay. <laughs> there's a sequence that happens way late in the movie where there's like a big car chase that happens tj miller's driving the car wasted and I've, I don't think I've ever seen this in a movie before.
1: Like a good drunk driving scene? Yeah,
2: like like any drunk driving scene at all, let alone one that makes it seem fun. Oh, <laughs> really it... fun.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: They're like blasting through streets of Chicago, running red lights, shit-faced. <laughs> they don't even remotely shy away from the fact that TJ Miller is really, really drunk at this point. <laughs> he's like slurring his words, like talking to this woman that he's in the car with. And she's like, can we pull over at the next stoplight? or something
1: <laughs> the only uh movie i can the movie that comes to my head because i've seen like drunk driving in a like in a situation where it's like obviously bad mm-hmm. and like somebody does something that they have to reckon with and they like kill a family or something yeah. and it's usually just like a guy like dozing off or you know it's not really drunk they just like fuck up driving once and then yeah the family's dead or whatever But the one example of fun trunk driving I can think of is Observe and Report. I never saw that. You ever see that movie? Mm -mm. It's like if Paul Blart was really dark. (laughs) Like I don't think that's a really underrated movie because it's like this movie about what happens when huge assholes get a little power yeah like it's just about a guy who's a mall cop but takes it so seriously and is like just constantly lording his little bit of power over everybody yeah people didn't like it because Seth Rogen is like the guy and he's not like himself he's like a cop like he's acting like a cop and uh they get just like him and Michael Pena just get wasted and drive a cop car through the fucking uh through the mall at one point Uh uh-huh and um there's like a shot where it cuts to like the top of the car and you like see the siren in the foreground and then they just like drive through the window (laughs) (laughs) and like into the parking lot. And it's like all one shot. It's amazing. Nice. Um, That's a fun movie.
2: Um, Yeah. So I would recommend it. I think it was worth it. It's stupid. (laughs) Is it funny? It's pretty funny. It's not like not the funniest but pretty funny. Like, there's some good physical comedy that uh-huh. happens. Like, a lot of the like, like people getting hurt at the party is always pretty funny.
1: How much Christmas cheer is there? Is Not there, much. Is there any? It's feeling- very <laughs> tangentially a
2: Christmas movie. <laughs> okay. It very much feels like just a party movie that takes place on Christmas. Right. There's um,
1: there's Christmas themed shirts and stuff, but it's
2: yeah, like TJ Miller like dresses up as Santa at some point, and like at the end they try to like tie everything up with like a uh, with a Christmas sort of vibe. They have possibly the funniest, like stupid plot device I've ever seen in a movie (laughs) where like they need to have some sort of a big breakthrough to make, to like save the company or whatever. And so, I mean, this is a spoiler, but who gives a shit? Who
1: gives a shit? This movie has been out for years. For years. And like, it's (laughs) so
2: stupid that you're going to like, it doesn't even matter. Uh, so th- they have this breakthrough tech that they're, like, kind of working on about, like, a decentralized internet, right? Okay. Which is, like, a, you know, it's a common thing that, like, they use in these sort of things, right? Right. Um,
1: like in Silicon Valley.
2: Like in Silicon Valley, right. Uh, but at least in Silicon Valley, they try to, like, make it make a little bit of sense. Yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, the
1: thing about the decentralized internet is that it absolutely could exist if mm-hmm. it wasn't for companies. <laughs> right.
2: But the way that they make it try to make sense is is different, right? In this case, they somehow are like drawing internet from electricity. And so she's like (laughs) so like if you're somewhere with a street light, you could get Wi Fi. That doesn't make any sense. What? (laughs) And that's as far as they explain it. And then at the end they're just like and then she turned it on and it worked. (laughs)
1: We had the big make it work button all along.
2: Because T.J. Miller, during the drunk driving scene, drives his car through the (laughs) internet for Chicago, I guess. He crashes his car through the building that makes the internet go. Oh, that's
1: very funny. I love that idea of somebody who just doesn't know anything and doesn't think to ask because they're like, no, we want it to be this. (laughs) Who cares? It's not why you're here. Who gives a shit? Uh, oh what else did you watch
2: uh so i also last night uh we threw on love actually because i hadn't seen it in a couple years i've
1: never seen that you've never seen it no it looks bad
2: (laughs) it's pretty bad it's um so it's a movie that i saw when it came out um Mm -hmm. my mother really loved it and she took me to see it and it was like a I really enjoyed it i didn't remember it being very Christmassy until later um similar to home alone i never thought of home alone as being a christmas movie it is Love Actually, uh, I saw it in the theaters. I liked it. We had it on VHS. I watched it a few times like that. I always liked it. And then I didn't watch it for a long-ass time. And then there was, a couple years ago, there was like a like a Jezebel era like uh, reimagining, reinvestigation of it where I there was like remember this. one of those articles that's like, uh, Love Actually actually doesn't hold up very I'm actually much. actually
1: kind of problematic, Kind actually. of
2: problematic, bestie. And um, <laughs> so it kind of got this new reimagining uh in the spirit of like baby it's cold outside now where it's like actually this is an anti-feminist movie or whatever
1: so that's such a funny conversation that people insist on having
2: (laughs) yeah so uh so it had that sort of thing for a while and then this year i was like you know what let's let's pop it on let's see like how does it hold up now you know Mm -hmm. as my life has changed a lot in the past year or two i'm curious what it looks like now so we watched it and uh, it sucks shit. It's <laughs> such a bad movie, but it's like, <laughs> but it's bad for different reasons now than I ever thought. Uh, it's, so it's
1: not because of the troubling age gap or whatever.
2: Uh, no, it's nothing to do with the plot. Actually, I don't think the plot is particularly good or bad. I mean, there's parts of it that are very fun. I enjoy like there's so it's one of those like everything is connected sort of things where you see little bits of different stories all throughout London and like they all converge at the end somehow. Uh, So some of these little plots are very fun. Like uh, there's one that's like a aging rock star guy who like takes one last crack at it where he puts out like a, a shitty cover of his own song where they try to like make it about Christmas instead of about love. It's
1: Bill Nye, right? It's Bill
2: Nye, And, and it becomes this sort of like viral hit as he like makes all these different press appearances where he like, openly just says, like, this is stupid what I did, <laughs> and you shouldn't respect me for
1: it. Give me money, sure, but I yeah, don't Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, so that's funny. Uh, that's enjoyable. I Generally, like, there's a couple of touching, fun stories throughout it. Whatever. Some of it is stupid. What I really... Was tripping on so much this time was first of all how lazy the wrap up is because it's an everything is connected movie, so you have to have like a fun way that everything is connected at the end. That's the point of it. And the way that it's all connected at the end is that all of their kids, like throughout the thing, are somehow all in a Christmas pageant together at school and they all end up at the pageant together. But all these people are from like different parts of London, <laughs> and like from different backgrounds and different lifestyles and whatever. And there's one line of dialogue that's thrown in where somebody just says, "Yeah, they got all the schools together this time." Oh my god! <laughs> it is the laziest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's
1: crazy how every school is having in the London,
2: <laughs> a mega city, a city as big as New York.
1: Yeah, imagine if all the schools in New York had a pageant imagine how
2: big the venue would have to be it would be madison
1: square garden
2: (laughs) that would be too small i agree (laughs) so very lazy the other thing i noticed this time around and it's not really it, it wouldn't be the makings of a great article uh but the thing that i like really couldn't get over this time is some of the worst lighting I've seen in a mainstream movie <laughs> in my life. Really? Really bizarre lighting choices it's where like, like- People look
1: dark on like-
2: No, people are really bright. People are oh. like super washed out, like, like huge fluorescent lights shining all over them. The but fuck? then like with, in the shot and reverse shot, really inconsistent light sources. So there was one that I was watching where it was, um, uh, what's his name? The uh, Taken guy.
1: Liam Neeson. Liam
2: Neeson and his son uh, are having a conversation. And the shot of Liam Neeson's face, his face is like all like bright white. He looks like a fucking kabuki, (laughs) like just ridiculous face, super washed out. And then they cut reverse shot to his son. And he has like a soft light coming from like the top left. And like the best you could say is that it's like dead on light for (laughs) for Liam Neeson.
1: That's so weird.
2: Really bizarre stuff, yeah.
1: So it's a pretty not good movie in many ways, mm-hmm. story-wise and filmmaking-wise.
2: Some pretty poor acting a lot of the time. Mm. There's like a- It was s- like
1: kind of an indie movie or something?
2: That I don't know. Uh, But like, it's I can't imagine it's an indie because there's a lot of people in it. Yeah. And they're all names. But I mean, they're British names, so I mean, they're a little cheaper. But like, not by much. Yeah,
1: it's a British movie, so.
2: um, There's like a-, a there's a succubus character who what? like
1: like, uh, a, like a like a supernatural like demon.
2: No, 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 like a like a.
1: She's just like a femme fatale or a.
2: Yeah, like an office whore. Oh. Who,
1: like, <laughs> You're trying to say it nice.
2: Who's trying to like tempt? Uh,
1: ah, a temptress. Uh,
2: uh Snape.
1: Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, <laughs> dude. I was watching Shawshank today and I couldn't remember Tim Robbins' name. Like yeah. it was gone from my memory. Uh-huh.
2: I couldn't do it. I know. My brain is just like shutting down.
1: <laughs> I like I had lights
2: are just turning off up there. I had
1: my boyfriend read other movies that he was in because I was like, Don't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> I have to get this back on my own. <laughs> and it took till Mystic River for me to be like <laughs> Fucking Tim Robbins. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Um uh.
2: <laughs> But yeah, so Alan Rickman uh his plot line is that he's like having he's getting ready to have an affair uh from his wife and uh his wife has possibly the most compelling scene in the movie when she figures out that he's getting ready to he never has the affair by the way he's just getting ready to have an affair uh and like she catches him like buying jewelry at the store and she's like "Ooh, i'm getting jewelry for christmas and then like the gift she gets is like a Joni Mitchell CD Uh and she's like, so then who was the jewelry for? Uh, And then there's this incredible scene of her just listening to Joni Mitchell and crying. And it's like, it's a really good scene. Yeah. It's like heart wrenching. Like just her in her bedroom alone, listening to Joni Mitchell, just looking in the mirror and crying. And they like, (laughs) they don't shy away. They like hold on it for a really long time. (laughs) And then the Joni Mitchell song like plays out over a couple other scenes and like, um, but anyway, so his his plot is that he's being tempted by this bitch at work. Who, who gets the jewelry? Who str- yeah, she gets the jewelry. She straight up dresses like the devil in one scene. That
1: sucks. <laughs> She's like wearing devil
2: <laughs> horns and like a red glittery dress. And she like, in one scene she's like
1: is it like halloween or something
2: no it's christmas it's all christmas why is she dressed like the devil? they don't do halloween and in, it's in just England. random yeah she just wearing it Yeah. i'm sorry
1: wait they they don't do halloween
2: i don't think so no i don't think they do it anywhere but here i think we're the only ones who do it what yeah isn't that crazy
1: i had no idea
2: anyway there's a scene where she's trying to tempt him at work and she's like it's just something like do you see anything you like and then she like opens her legs up <laughs>
1: Like my pussy? (laughs) Like my pussy. What? It's
2: like nobody's ever done in the world ever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a weird memory. Such an
2: unflattering way to do it, too. She's literally sitting in an office chair just talking to him and just, like, goes from crossing her legs (laughs) just going, like.
1: Spread eagle. (laughs) But not,
2: like, not in a sexy way, like in a man on the subway sort of way.
1: (laughs) Jeremy is spreading his legs, but not his feet. Not I think feet, that's no. the important thing, like sort of like a chicken dance, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like keeping his feet together and yeah. then putting, putting the legs, the knees apart. The
2: knees apart. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so you can see the and vagina. And you really need
2: to imagine. No, you can't see the vagina. She's in but the I mean, office. But Liam Neeson can. No, 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 no. It's Ellen Rickman, but no, he can't. They're in the office. She just is like trying to like suggest to him like, you know, my pussy. But oh. she's wearing a dress, like it's it's covering everything. She's not showing him anything.
1: That's so weird. Yeah,
2: it's just <laughs> supposed to be the suggestion.
1: Oh, I thought it, I thought you were saying it was like a basic instinct. Thing, no, no, she's no, 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 like... no.
2: Oh, and then there's a subplot also where it's um, what's his name from uh, the Office and from like Jim? He... No, <laughs> no, not not Office Jim, Office Tim. Oh, uh, that guy, <laughs> the original one. Yeah, uh, he's his sub his plot is that he's like on a movie set where he's like pretending to fuck a woman. And I think that, so they never explain this and it's really annoying and it's always annoyed me since I was a kid, but it's him and this woman and they are like naked on set on a movie, like pantomiming sex and like the crew is like setting up light around their shot. And I think that they are stand-ins for, like they are standing in for real actors, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not clear in the movie whether they're standing in as body doubles or if they're standing in just because they have similar skin tones and they are adjusting light and stuff. Uh-huh, yeah. They never make this clear. All you see is them on set, like pantomiming sex as people like adjust cameras around them. <laughs> and they and it's actually also it's a pretty charming subplot. I really enjoy they Wait, which
1: subplot don't you like?
2: Uh I don't like, like there's most of them mo- besides th- the
1: two you're mentioning. <laughs> what
2: you have to know is that I've mentioned three that I like. There are like twenty. Oh god. <laughs> there's so many. And they're all bad. And they're all bad, yeah. Uh, Alan Rickman's sucks. Uh, Liam Neeson's not very good. Uh, but so but the office tim one is very nice cuz it's they're pantomiming sex and they're like like having like the same sort of like awkward fun chit chat that you have early in a, like meeting somebody. Yeah, yeah. But what they're doing is pantomiming sex naked <laughs> as they're doing it. <laughs> that's so pretty that's funny. a very fun charming sort of thing.
1: Seems like a movie that like had charming stuff in it that mm-hmm. everyone thought was charming and yeah. then like just became like a classic.
2: Because you only remember the charming parts. But it's not actually good. It's not actually good, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you watch this week?
1: Uh, well, let's see. What did I watch this week? I watched... Uh, I had the friends who I'm probably hanging out with on Christmas, and I uh, went over to their house, and we watched three Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not really enough in any of the movies to talk about um, as one, but uh, the thing is, is that... I was introduced to this thing that isn't Hallmark movies because we we all know that now in 2020 in America, the new thing is Hallmark movies for Mm -hmm. Christmas, right? Apparently that there's the Christmas train and the all these like sort of like the story is. A young, busy woman goes back to her hometown and meets a guy she had a crush on. And then yeah. like, she like falls in love with him and then stays there. And it's about family and slowing down. And their Hallmark? Him. Hallmark. Big deal. Um, Where do you watch these? It's a great question. I think like Hulu or something. Is I don't there know. like a Hallmark channel? I don't know. Some of them are on Netflix, I think. I
2: know there's like these Netflix ones that have come up that are they're not Hallmark though they're Netflix. They're like the Christmas Prince, the princess, the the princess, the princess
1: Prince, (laughs) (laughs) the Christmas Prince. Yeah, Uh, I don't know, but there's all this 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 whole like new sort of like uh, shitty romance slash Christmas movie Mm -hmm. has also spawned a a subgenre of just like shitty independent films trying to make Hallmark movies. Okay. Um so we watched 3 of those. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> and uh, they're not Hallmark movies but they're exactly the same except much worse. Mm-hmm. Um the first one is called um The Christmas Bell. Okay. Um which is not about a bell at all. It is about a woman named Bell. <laughs> Jeremy took a sip of beer as I said okay. that. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> and it took a minute for me to realize this.
2: <laughs> That's like home movies.
1: That's like <laughs> it, took me a, it took me a while to realize this, but it is literally just Beauty and the Beast. Of course. But for no reason why it doesn't really make any sense because the setup for it is her and her father run a company that is unclear of what it does uh-huh. um she apparently likes the part about books because she's belle also this is one of like hillary duff's sisters who has not aged well like she looks like a big puffy has some one of the worst smiles i've ever seen uh-huh. she looks awful um, and they dress her in what appears to be like three sizes, too small clothes. So Is she her
2: sister's name Hillary Slash? Huh? Or no. Hillary Axel?
1: Duff Axel Slash?
2: Guns and Roses. Who's Duff? Duff is one of the guys. In I hate Guns, Guns, Guns and, roses. and Roses. I don't what? know anything
1: about that. Really? <laughs>
2: Not even Appetite for Destruction? uh Oh, get out of here. I can't handle it. You got to listen to Appetite it, again.
1: It's mostly his voice. What? He's got so many different ones. I don't like any of it.
2: Get out of here. You, I don't, I don't believe you.
1: I don't like it. I don't believe <laughs> you.
2: I don't believe it. You can't possibly. You don't like any of the Axel voices.
1: Now, where do we go now?
2: Yeah, so there's like the, ah! Then there's like this like deep one that he did. Where do we go now? I hate
1: his voice. <laughs> it's awful. I mean, he's like clearly like a a technically talented singer, but mm. I it makes me want to blow my brains out. Crazy. Um, don't like it. I guess "Running with the Devil" isn't a bad song. That's not them. Then I don't like them. <laughs> they do "Paradise City." Yes. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet child of mine, yeah. Bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, d- I definitely haven't sat down and listened to Appetite for Destruction." Mm-hmm. I've, there maybe there's songs in there. I like, recommend it. All right, I'll check it out uh, after Christmas. Um, but uh, yeah, so she—it's like some sort of like real estate, uh, like estimating property. This person is going to sell their house, so she has to go to a small town to figure out what what the house is valued at and he mm-hmm. has like a big book collection of like ancient books that she's going to do the thing is they're both clearly shot in the same town so it do- <laughs> it doesn't really mean anything is he lives in like a big estate yeah um that isn't that big you know it's like just somebody's big house i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah but she looks bad and then he's just like this mean guy Mm -hmm. He's not a beast at all. He's just an asshole. Right. So it's like the concept of Beauty and the Beast is that she's in this fairy tale like kidnapping situation with a literal beast and then learns that he has a soft heart. This is just about her going on a job with an asshole and then learning to like this guy. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, she finds out that his wife died and then he like... After that, she's like, "Oh, that's why you're sad." And he's like, "Yeah." And then he's never an asshole again. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing
2: you found that out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it doesn't. And which is revealed, he like is like, "I want to show you something." And then p- pulls out like a huge framed photo of his. <laughs> 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 but it's like clearly someone's headshot with like all this rim around it. <laughs> it's like the size of a poster. <laughs> he's like this is my wife she died recently and she's like oh no and then and then like the gaston character is just this weird guy who's like fuck me and she's like no and then like keeps like keeps stalking her but she never is just like go away i don't want to ever talk to you it's so strange it's it's not quite like the room level bad but it's close it's pretty fucking bad (laughs) um and then I watched another one called uh, – oh, the the middle one was called The Spirit of Christmas, which is um, – it's really – it's actually not a terrible movie, but it, it's uh, slowly realizing that the premise of the movie is a woman who has to stay in a house that's haunted by a ghost from the 20s, and then she falls in love with the ghost, and that's why it's Ooh. called The Spirit of Christmas. And he's like – it's basically, he's just a hipster. Like, mm. he's just like, I don't know about phones. <laughs> 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 uh, and then the last one was called, it was also something about Bell. Oh, Farmer and the Bell at Saving Christm- Santa Land. And that oh. one was like, we just threw that, that. No one had ever seen that. That wasn't a curated one. We just threw it on off the list. And it was like straight up, like, somebody just selling Jesus trinkets as a movie. (laughs) Like it was like, it felt like a long commercial Uh or like somebody's life was being saved by this like novelty Christian bracelet or something. (laughs) (laughs) That one was probably the funniest one. It was like a little like silver chain that said hope or something. Uh-huh. On it. So funny. That rules. Uh, but yeah, so that's, I watched those three movies and they're all terrible and I don't recommend any of them, <laughs> but I will probably continue watching some of them because they're so funny.
2: That's so fun. Yeah. I do
1: actually recommend watching Christmas in the bell. If you're interested in things like Neil Breen in the room, uh, because it's like, they keep reusing the same shot of him jogging like over <laughs> and over again. And, like every time it's funnier. Uh, <laughs> Uh, she's in like a for no reason she's like in a wedding dress at some point even though she's not getting married no one's getting married uh. there's like a it's a christmas party and you can like see her camera pack like very <laughs> visibly. Like really rough anyway uh we watched a movie this week that reminds me of Christmas more than a lot of things do just because it was like kind of a, my dad's, one of my dad's favorite movies that was like on a lot in like the winter times on TBS or whatever. TNT, yeah. um, a movie that I don't know if I've actually seen not on television before. Mm. Shawshank Redemption. Yes, <laughs> uh, this is a movie directed by Frank Darabont in 1994, who
2: went on to direct The Green Mile and
1: The Mist
2: and The Mist. Um, Has a definitely distinct oeuvre, I would say. This is a, a
1: big uh, Stephen King fan. We can say
2: we can say that, and uh, <laughs> I think this and Green Mile. I was. I was not surprised to find out that he was the Green Mile guy because they're very similarly schmaltzy.
1: Really, I've never seen Green Mile.
2: It's a very similar. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen that since I was a kid, but as I recall, it's like a you know, it's like it's a similar like Christ allegory prison movie.
1: <laughs> oh, interesting. What's interesting about him is that he hasn't worked since two thousand seven, mm-hmm. as far as I can tell. He has done some like script doctoring, uncredited. Um, yeah, I wonder what that's about. And he's also... I guess he did some some stuff on some movies like The Walking Dead or, or television in 2011 and 2013, but he hasn't really been doing anything, so that's weird. But this was his big thing. Yeah, Frank Darabont wanted to make this movie after he read the novella. And he, from what I understand, my screenwriting teacher when I was in high school told me this, mm. that he basically got an agent because he wanted to do this screenplay and he wanted to direct it. And they're like, no one's going to a make your screenplay. Mm. You've never written anything before. And B, no one's going to let you direct it unless you have successes under your belt. Right. So you have to do something. So he was just like churning out shit like the fly Two and the blob remake so that he could make a name for himself. Right. Um, and he did. And that's basically he had some hits with The Fly 2 and The Blob and Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and then um, was like, I want to make sc- Shawshank. And then they let him. Fascinating. Um, Just from his connections, I guess. Um, So this movie is very easy to surmise. Uh, summarize, Summarize. not surmise. Um, basically, Andy Dufresne gets convicted of a murder he didn't commit. He is. It is the nineteen, four fifties, like just becoming the fifties. I think. I think so. Yeah. Um, forty nine. I think is when he goes to prison. Uh, he meets, Morgan Freeman, who's also convicted of murder, and. Uh,
2: His name is Red.
1: It's basically. What I remember, what I was really surprised about this movie is how fucking patient it is. It's a mm. really slow, methodical, kind of bunch of vignettes about being in prison, and then he breaks out. Yeah. And that's the movie. And then Red also gets out eventually, because he's been in there for over 30 years. He gets out on parole and comes find Annie Dufresne. And that's yeah. the story. Um, what, what I think the story makes it interesting is all the stuff that happens in prison uh but aren't exactly consequential to the plot really um nothing really leads one to the other plot wise um except the sort of side part about him cooking the books for the warden
2: yeah there's random stuff that like will kind of like the, off. the, um, like the library is kind of like a through line of like this kind of project to his. And like the rock sculpting is like a project to his. It's all about like Andy's little projects and whatever, all the shit he's occupying himself with. And like him trying to like get other people to give a shit and whatever. And like, not just, you know, waste away their days in prison. Yeah. Um, so, what was your so you said your dad really loved this movie? Did you love this movie? Like did you come into this like having a positive opinion? When was the last time you saw it before this?
1: Again, I don't know if I've actually ever seen all of it. I mean, I definitely had seen every scene. There was no part where I was like, "Well, I don't remember this part. I remembered right. it all very vividly. um but I don't think I'd seen it in part or in any part. Probably in fifteen years, mm-hmm. I'd say maybe, t- maybe, maybe ten, a long time. Yeah. Um. I liked it. I remember thinking it was a good movie. I do remember the thing about Shawshank is that it has become this sort of film that's difficult to talk about without touching on its reputation, mm-hmm. which in the middle to late aughts. And beginning of the 2010s um, became that it was one of the best movies of all time, yeah, because of the website IMDb. <laughs> and then
2: it's like number one or number two on there, it right? It still
1: is, yeah. I was looking, today. it's like
2: this and, and Dark Knight, The are Godfather, and two. I believe, oh, Godfather.
1: is one and two. Um, and so, I, I was, uh, it's hard to, to really talk about it because then that became a backlash right where people were like that forced a whole generation of nerd internet writers to analyze it as though it is a grand statement or some you right. know a citizen kane level like statement by a award winning achieving director who's like generally considered by critics to be, you know, some sort of auteur. The thing is that that's not the case. And so <laughs> it's, it's, it was hard not to come into this being like, what is this movie and what is it really and what does it really deserve? Yeah. And I, my sort of sense throughout watching this movie was like, I don't know if I give a shit. It kind of is a movie. <laughs> um, And I think it, well, what is your history with it?
2: So, I, um, weird, weird history with it, really. Um, I knew it before I saw it, um, because I had, uh, in middle school, we did like a sleepaway night, right? Mm -hmm. Every year, like, there's one school trip that's like a sleepaway trip to somewhere, right? And, um, you do like an overnight trip, right? Okay. Um, and one of the years we went to this place upstate. Where it was like a it was like a sleepaway camp during the summer, but during the year they do like these sort of like forty eight hour like uh not forty eight whatever like two day like uh seminars on environmentalism. So like they were okay. teaching us. Like, I didn't
1: mean to scoff. Like.
2: Well, like as a kid, <laughs> like you know, I mean, back when we were kids, like you know, there wasn't really as much of this type of education readily available, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it was like kind of a cool experience to go somewhere where like. People would talk to you about like green energy and like the different types that exist and like the different ways that you could you know try to persuade your parents to like have a, a less of a carbon footprint. And this
1: is a public school thing.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Weird. Well, it was like it was it was a place that was this is like a private company that did this because oh. they were a, they were a summer camp that was trying to make money during the rest of the year, and so they would like have schools pay to like come up and do this workshop. Right, I see. Uh, and so we learned about, like, waste and stuff like that. Like, there was, like, a contest, as I recall, that was, like, uh, uh, like you'd be, like, split up into your tables for each meal, and whichever table had the least waste would be, like, awarded something. <laughs> cleaning um, your plate was... Well, cleaning your plate, and also, like, not taking more than you wanted to eat was a big part of it. Okay. Um, but anyway, the point is, uh, w- the night that we were there, uh, our librarian, Mr. Leaf, uh told us the story of the Shawshank Redemption essentially <laughs> like as like a way of like, like telling a, like he told a ghost story one night and then the second night we were like, well, we don't want a ghost story. And, um, so he was like, all right, so we'll do a different story. I'll tell you guys this movie. Uh, you know, I'll just tell you the story of the movie <laughs> essentially. Okay. Um, and he was like a great storyteller, so it was like really engaging and exciting. Did that. he just do it all from
1: memory? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, just completely like, from was memory. He was just doing Morgan Freeman, just, like the first day I met Andy. No, Morgan no, Brain. he's telling it
2: in like third person, so he's saying like, uh, like, okay. like Morgan Freeman is a character and Andy's a character, and like he, he, I don't really totally remember it, but I remember being really compelled by, you it were and really excited, and and like by the end of it being like, yeah, dude, fuck yeah, he got out, you yeah, know, yeah. like oh, this was so great. And then I like watched the movie and I was like not as good as Mr. Leaf's, <laughs> 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 And that's kind of always been my relationship to this movie is I'm like, yeah, it's good. It's not as good as Mr. Leaf. <laughs> like Mr. Leaf did a great
1: job.
2: <laughs> Movie's okay. The movie, the
1: movie in your head was be- was better. Yeah. Yeah. I um, guess that's kind of how it works. Um, yeah. I, I, it's a fine movie.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think it's fine. I think it's like story is interesting, but I mean, it's, you know, it's a book, you you know, you yeah. It's not that hard to make a good book a good movie, right?
1: Well, one thing I was thinking about watching it this time was um, or I should we, say
2: a good screenplay,
1: right? I, but that's what I was thinking about this time was that The Godfather is bad because mm-hmm. it's a book, and this movie felt like it was a short book. It's like under it's like a hundred pages or something, mm-hmm. and they really were able to bring the good parts of the book out. And make it all feel very weighty and like this long thing. It almost feels like it, it's like a show that's condensed and it doesn't feel like you're missing anything. Yeah. Like the, by the time he gets out, you're like, oh my God, we've been here for so long. <laughs> like you kind of, you're allowed to feel like this time passing and there's like all of this very slow. Yeah, but at the same time, feeling.
2: I kind of feel like the sense of time within the piece. Like I, I get what you're saying about it being like slow and, and taking its time, but like the sense of time within it is really warped. And yeah. like, I mean, I guess it's maybe intentional at times because they're trying to show you how like, literally you're wasting life yeah. by being in prison. Like you're wasting time and and your precious life is is drifting away as you waste, you know, you will away. Right, because like, what I was thinking is there's like, when Andy first gets there and, and you know, they're having the, like what are you in for and whatever and he's like yeah you i'm the only guilty man in shawshank everyone you know what did you do and he's like a lawyer fucked me and whatever yeah and then like a couple scenes later uh andy does the same thing he's like don't you know everyone in here is innocent hey isn't that right red like he's like sh- yeah, looking at yeah. him to be like look i get it now like yeah. i'm part of i mean the that's like an life. hour and a half into the movie is that it right, and, it? <laughs> and, and it's supposed to have been a decade later yeah yeah <laughs> like to 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 have like you know to have him do like a like look you know I've become acclimated to prison life a decade later is <laughs> <it's> crazy
1: <laughs> yeah that's it is really weird it almost feels like time is this weird I, I kind of guess that's I kind of liked intentional, it that way right? where it's just like it's this weird thing it it feels kind of I don't know if this is weird to say, but it almost feels like it captures like the kind of feeling you get from it being two years from the beginning of COVID Mm -hmm. where it feels like no time has passed and it's been two years and it also feels like the longest two years of your life. Yeah. I mean, because that's similar feeling where it's just like you can't leave. This is your whole world now. Um, And people build up these other social structures in this place and all this stuff happens, but none of it matters. And yeah, (laughs) the world is progressing much faster outside. And I thought that really worked. I mean, I think the stuff about prison in this movie rang a lot more clearly for me than when I was a kid. Um, Yeah.
2: But on that topic of prison, um, something that I noticed this time around, first of all, that red is the only black person at Shawshank.
1: (laughs) Well, there's a ton of black guys.
2: I didn't see any in the background. Oh,
1: there's a ton of them.
2: Did not see any.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of black guys.
2: Definitely not in their social circle anyway.
1: No, there's like, there isn't in the They're sh- the
2: white power guys. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, there's um, a couple guys. I remember, like, when he plays the opera, they show, like, the huge mm-hmm. panning out. And I definitely was like, this is all white prison. And then I, like, looked and there was a bunch of, like, dotted, you know, people. Um, okay. Okay. But, and then also, like, when he turns around uh, and asks what the fat guy's name was, that guy telling him, the guy who's working in the infirmary, that guy's oh, black. Oh, yeah, And yeah, he yeah. shows up throughout the show movie a couple times. Not a show. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: but then the other thing I was going to say in terms of prison stuff is, like, something that's missing a little bit for me is, like, the element of danger. You really get it at the beginning with the sisters. But then once yeah. the sisters are out of the way, it's like, the only danger is just, like, oh, man, time passes really crazy here. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's true. There there's is no never... like
2: fights. There's no like gang. Like there's no drugs anywhere. Like nobody's really <laughs> in any sort of trouble. You're just kind of like,
1: well, it's also the forties and like, I don't know. Did that shit.
2: I mean, it start. His time in prison literally starts with a gang of gay guys raping him.
1: Yeah. No, <laughs> like... no. I mean, but drugs, right? Oh, like,
2: sure. I mean, like, I mean, there maybe were... there'd be heroin. Like I morphine. Guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like that was like stuff he sold. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I I think it's, I don't know. I kept thinking about this because I was like, how accurate is this? Because they kept mentioning stuff like little cultural references and everything felt a little weird where mm-hmm. I was like, uh, he's like talking about the guy he invented to like launder the money. And he's, yeah. like, he's a cousin to Harvey the rabbit. And I was like, what year did that come out? Have you <laughs> able to see Harvey? Does he know that that movie Harvey exists? was a play. Oh, okay. So it is even older. Yeah, There was just stuff I was like, what? Like it, it dates itself a couple times, and I was just like, "Wait, is that right?" I, it made me interested. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of think that that is okay for me. Just, I mean, first of all, they kill the greaser. Like, the cops do. Though. The cops do. Yeah.
2: What I mean is, like, Andy is never in danger, really. Right. After it, he deals with the sisters, it's over. There's no more danger to him.
1: Right. I think that works because it sort of implies that he's, like, settling in and feeling himself, like, mm-hmm. become one with the prison. Like, the sort of heavy-handed thing of being, like, you come here, and then you're, like, afraid, and then you become used to it, and then you depend on it. Right. And, like, you see Andy start that that downward, like, becoming Brooks, or becoming Red, mm. also. And I, I think that felt intentional of, like, well, it's horrible. We're not going to say that prison is good, but we want you to see that people, like their lives become ruined because they're uh, like, because they're separated from society. Um, and they're in a different cultural milieu that doesn't translate to outside. And I liked that was, I mean, the Brooks part is heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, And, you know, seeing someone's just whole life get destroyed because they stole something or whatever. Right. And just like, whatever skills you have don't translate. And it was really dark. Like I, like the, the images of both of them, like working at a store, like having to work harder than they did in the prison mm-hmm. outside. And like, this is freedom is like going and bagging groceries for people. Yeah. Rang so much darker <laughs> now than, uh, than I, uh, when I watched it, cause it's like, oh yeah, they're free. They get to have a job. <laughs> uh, that sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah. and I don't know how much of it is intentional, but like, you know, having the whole plot of like the corruption of the, you know, literally having slave labor and like creating this sort of, it has this sort of like, um, uh, Forrest Gumpy thing of like that, this, our warden is the guy who invented like privatized prisons. Yeah. And like, which is like, okay, whatever. But, that is an interesting thing to put in the movie and like Mm -hmm. have like him putting out other people out of business and showing how the economy comes to rely on. Yeah. There is,
2: there is definitely value and, and an interesting sort of like cultural place for Shawshank Redemption in, in being a mainstream beloved movie that is pretty much all about how like prisoners should be empathized with. And yeah, Police are bad.
1: That's what I like. All about of the
2: police in the movie are bad.
1: Evil, bad people who. <laughs> There's should like be a couple of them with. that are
2: like, "Hey, good job, Andy." But like, other than that, like, it's mostly like, any of the ones that seem to have any power at all, garbage. Yeah, bad people. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, even the ones who are you know nice to him in some scenes later will you know obey their you know bosses and. But then on the question of
2: on the question of value, then like, is is to some extent is like the schmaltzy tone of the movie is like the kind of like saccharinness of it like does that kind of like defeat the purpose of it a little bit because like when you talk about like the utility of a piece like this you kind of want to see more bang for your buck in terms of like people watching it becoming you know empathetic to prisoners yeah, you know I mean... against like the the crime and punishment uh, uh, focus of, of mainstream politicians and it seems like this is like the reddit ass movie. this is aside from the Dark Knight, this is it for reddit movies right
1: well, you can't I mean I don't want to put anything on a movie to be like, did you affect culture uh-huh. <laughs> like I don't care I, I I think i I think it but I do think it su- is successful in its point I think that sure uh, although I will say I'm not sure what its point is because what it ends up being is about
2: it's about this, Christ this it's vague that's what hope it's about.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I buy like I. I there's a whole part of the re- Wikipedia uh-huh. about like the Christian mysticism angle oh, there... of like yeah, yeah about like um you know when he when he plays the opera, it's like finding the Holy Grail. Oh, and, whatever. Like, this, I like, mean, that's
2: stupid. I just mean that like <laughs> you can very easily interpret the end of the movie being that Red dies. Like that's That's how I've always They go to kind paradise like, They go to paradise And he like yeah. meets like, Andy He has this like Unbelievable journey Like there's no way That he like He's a fucking ex-con Who's like working Bagging groceries How did he get himself To fucking Mexico And find Andy on the beach Like it seems to me Like it's It's an easy enough thing To read into being like They're dead and in heaven Like that's what this is about I guess so
1: But then what is the movie about Like is the whole If the whole thing is a meta- I try I was thinking about this I'm like okay But what what would that mean? Because <laughs> I mean, I I don't put it past Frank Darabont, who doesn't seem like the brightest guy, mm-hmm. honestly. Like considering the Green Mile and and the well, and
2: m- you got to see the Green Mile too, because the Green Mile is so like spiritual and and like yeah 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 like, laden in like holy imagery and whatever. Yeah. Like this is his jam. I'm pretty sure that the dude in the Green Mile is supposed to be like an angel or some shit like that.
1: Yeah, I know he has like healing powers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like brings like a dog back
2: to life or something. He like cures
1: Tom Hanks' dick or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't he? I don't think it's his dick. Yeah, he has like problems peeing. (laughs) Is that what it is? He's always like pissing bad or some shit. I've seen that part.
2: (laughs) Uh, No. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you said you saw it. I saw it when I was a kid. I don't really remember. There's
1: like a part where he like kneels down and it's like orgasming because he's peeing fine and you can see the steam coming off of his piss. I promise <laughs> you. <laughs> I don't know why I keep drinking beer while. <laughs> while <I laughs> you are laughing? He's <laughs> gonna spit all over my carpet. Uh. <laughs> uh no, that's for certain it's about him p- Tom Hanks is obsessed with pissing. Yeah. He's always pissing. Always in his pissing. Yeah. Um but yeah, he like puts his hand on his dick and sparks go everywhere. Um <laughs>
2: <laughs> how do I not remember that? I don't know.
1: He has like gonorrhea or something.
2: Uh, damn. Uh, anyway, yeah. I mean, I think there is like I don't think that it's necessarily like an allegory, but he's using but there that is trope. like a yeah. there is a, a a deeply it's you know what it is it's this is something we talked about on Albumer about how Fallout Boy now sounds like megachurch music and how oh like, my
1: god do they Yeah, they, they ew, like all their like
2: ew. all their music sounds like like even though it's not necessarily about God and it's not about Jesus it feels very spiritual and it has like all of the tropes of spiritual music. And like all of their songs are about like living forever and like <laughs> you and I in eternity and whatever, like it's, what? it's like, yeah, it's, it's, there is like a spiritual element to it Dude, now.
1: Panic at the disco went the same way. Yeah. yeah huh. So hi, yeah,
2: the high, high hopes living. that song is what follow boy sounds like now too. Yeah. It's all just like that now. Um,
1: arena rock
2: arena rock that's about living forever
1: (laughs) (laughs) having hope i guess it's just like what happens to people when they start aging yeah and they're just like oh god i'm gonna die
2: or you just like have to write about something and you're just like i don't know whatever nothing matters nothing matters we're gonna live forever we're so rich whatever i guess (laughs) sure (laughs) yeah
1: um yeah i it like it's definitely those sort of aesthetic choices seem mm. to be there like the the whole like hugging on the beach at the end when like far away that's
2: literally the fucking like that uh, that my son was where I carried you like th- it's hard to not make they're wearing white they're both wearing white like red like takes his clothes off
1: <laughs> he takes his jacket off yeah yeah uh, yeah I guess so but it's like I just don't know what that would mean except like I, I feel like it's more pointing to like they're free. And Mm -hmm. freedom is some sort of like state of mind. Yeah. Of like It's a fucking
2: beach, dude. It's fucking (laughs) Wabo (laughs) Cabo.
1: But then it's like yeah, I guess I guess the idea is like that would mean like Andy is like Jesus who like died and Mm -hmm. and escaped the mortal coil to like go to the paradise of Mexico or whatever. Right. And it's like follow his clues or something i don't it like doesn't line up enough but it's also
2: just like what does the movie mean otherwise like what what is it what what is shawshank supposed to mean i
1: don't that i think what are you
2: supposed to take away from it aside from like it's like prison's bad it fucks you up that's something to take away from it but it's not really like a i wouldn't call that like a like a
0: theme like a message like, like a
1: i feel like more than anything what I felt like it was about this time was rehabilitation mm-hmm. and 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 forgiving yourself for things that you've done in your life that you are less than proud of and regret and if there is one big metaphor, it feels like trying to make the best out of the situation you have can get you out of your bad situations. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Red's arc is that he has sort of, is on the path, there's a path that everyone in Shawshank, it is kind of implied, follows, which is you're scared and then you become used to your situation, you come to accept it, and then you need it. And like what is actually outside the prison is the real world and you can't live in that world. So I feel like if there's a metaphor, it's that the prison is like a type of depression or anxiety or some sort of like mental state that you like cut yourself off from people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, through helping people and like trying to do good in his life, Andy is able to escape and help Red escape. That and like their paradise is actually just like working on stuff together and being friends. Right. Um And I think through that lens, it's not an important movie <laughs> but it's a cute movie. Yeah, and it's that's really what I would movie. that's what
2: I'd give it, is it's a cute and sweet movie. And I think what I of, think it's a well written movie. I think the screenplay is really nice. I think it's well acted.
1: I think something I also read when in preparation for the episode, um, was that one of the things that people are really drawn to about this movie is the incredibly wa- rare, really emotional friendship between mm. two dudes. Yeah. You know, of just like, we're not gay, there's no gayness.
2: <laughs> in fact, the gayness early on in the movie and it's it's destroyed. It's
1: literally evil. They're not humans. <laughs> it's said in the movie that they're not humans. They're not
2: humans, we destroyed them, we got rid of them. We
1: literally killed the gays, we don't like the fucking each other. That's wrong and we don't do it. But they have this like really heartfelt of uh, a relationship yeah. that I think lots of guys are able to be like, man. One thing I talked about. If only
2: I could go to prison.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but having the relationship, I think, is the thing that gets them both out. Mm -hmm. Because Andy, through his way of, you know, being. I've been talking with my friend about this concept of um, this movie trope that happens um, that we were calling um, competency porn, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is great and i love it in movies uh we were talking about like uh, oceans 11 and like les samurai have ever seen that french no. movie he's like a a hitman and uh french samurai it he's not actually a samurai no. I mean, he wears like a hat and he's like a but he's a hitman mm-hmm. and he just like has like all of these like you know, he has his gloves, he has a briefcase, he has a ring of keys that can open any door, and he's just, like, incredible at his job, you know what I mean? Yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah, goes and silently kills people, and then he has all these, like, little, he's got little bits that he does, you know? And then he, like, he lives in an apartment with, like, nothing but a bed, and he just lays there and smokes until he goes to his next job. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of thing... We were calling, like, competency poor. And this movie's full of that, where he just, like, knows everything. Mm -hmm. He's perfect at banking, and he uses his, like, every little bit of knowledge to, like, get the upper hand on everybody. Right. And I think that's a big reason why people like this movie. But also, he uses his, you know, what he's good at to get out of prison. But I think... He's not able to do that without Red teaching him what he's good at, which is right. like getting stuff. And like they both have these like talents and then they put them together and that like is able to get him out. And yeah. so they like depend on each other that I way. Think
2: on a similar note, like I think the best, the most successful part of the movie for me is after Andy escapes and before Red gets paroled, there's that sequence of Red just kind of having this sort of like emptier existence. And he's like uh, doing his little his little spiel where he's like, you know, some birds are too pretty to keep caged. You yeah. knew it was a sin to keep it and whatever. But then like there's part where he just says, like, I don't know. I think I just miss my friend. Literally the best line in the movie. Best, best line it in makes the movie. Me easily. Cry. It makes me yeah. cry
1: every time because it's, it has taken the entire movie of, sh- I think, I think the uh, accusation of schmaltz is correct, mm-hmm. but it is a little overdone. I think on the internet, people like to tear this movie down because it's so applauded. Um, there are, like, some near-television, made-for-TV movie lines in it.
2: I think they do a lot of, like, hardcore telling in this movie. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When when Brooks is getting ready to leave and he freaks out, and then Red has a whole thing where he's like, he's like, Brooks is, a, is an educated man here. He's a well-respected man here. Yeah. Who is he out there? And yeah. you're like, okay... W- you can let us <laughs> suss that out.
1: <laughs> Especially because we get it in the next scene where he yeah. kills himself, which is heartbreaking and good. Yeah. But it's like there's just stuff in this movie we don't need and it's clearly there because it's in the book. Mm-hmm. Must be, right?
2: And also just because like the guy doesn't have faith in himself. He's a new, you know, he's brand
1: first first movie. Yeah. Um and I think for a first movie Or clearly, no,
2: not a first movie, but like a first like First Direction. Oh, it's his first directed. He, the he f- did the screenwriting for Fly and whatever. Yeah,
1: it is the first movie he directed.
2: So that's also. So the other thing I wanted to bring up about this movie and something that I do think is, I I just think like when you're talking about like best films of all time and whatever, like the thing that's always, like, bothered me about that in terms of this movie is that like, in terms of directing, this leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah,
1: I was noticing this time that there was a couple of shots that i was like damn that looks nice mm-hmm. not that many of them not though. that
2: many them on the roof great but you're you're with cheat codes because you've got a beautiful fucking sunset and whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
1: there's like a the there's like a nice helicopter shot over the prison the first time we see it that i was like wow that's really nice
2: it's nice but it's fucking crooked it's like weird and crooked yeah, like yeah. the camera's on the helicopter wrong or something
1: <laughs> um and the the when they passed the flag i thought the sound was really interesting mm-hmm. kind of funny cuz they like didn't do it super realistically um it just goes whoosh, and it's like doesn't sound right exactly but i thought that was nice uh, any shot where it's like the actual big room with all the cells you know like, oh, a yeah, huge yeah, yeah. set or i'm sure they shot this in a real prison yeah um that old like where the doors would open and they'd all come out like all that stuff looked really nice mm-hmm. i thought um,
2: but you've got like I mean That like y- y- It's similar it's not, to the It's not super impressive It's you know. similar to the sunset Where it's just like You've got something really Good to work with here like, Right It's not really impressive think, That you made that look cool I like, think that's part of it Especially I guess, because like, Every prison movie That's ever been made Uses that shot Right Like you have a lot of reference To yeah, look
1: yeah. at Yeah And there's nothing Super inventive Yeah In this movie It's a screenplay movie mm-hmm. Um And I think Every time it Ventures out of the prison, it stumbles. Yeah, like the scene in which uh he's going, t- uh Red is going to the tree, the oak tree, mm-hmm. to find the little case. It like starts doing the stupid crossfade thing, and it looks yeah, like a yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. like made for TV movie where he's just like walking. It's like okay, we get it. He's walking. Like it's I can.
2: It's a lot, a lot of walking. Yeah,
1: I can mean like I can think of a lot of different ways to have. Shown that he's walking and it's taking a long time, then doing that where it's just like cuts to a close up, cuts like like fades to him walking slightly farther away, yeah. fades to him walking behind. Um, that sucked, and I was like, "Well, you're a first time director. Like, you didn't really have a shot planned for this. You're just like, we'll shoot him walking and then we'll we'll cut it together." Yeah,
2: just get a lot of coverage of it. Mm-hmm. And, and the
1: whatever. editor was like, "I guess for, <laughs> like, which one do you want to use?" And he didn't shoot it for long enough, so yeah, there's stuff like that in this. Definitely not, you know. <laughs> best movie is just. I, this, I think we should like. I think what you should understand as a listener is that you should put it out of your mind. If you've never seen this movie, put it out of your mind that it's even close to a, the best movie of all time. Yeah, it's not for top sure. ten. It's not top twenty. It's not top hundred.
2: Yeah, you know what it is? It's like uh, it's like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yes. That's what I was thinking of. I was trying to remember what movie we said this exact thing about where it's like, you could just point a camera at it and it would come out pretty good because it's a great
1: screenplay. It's a great screenplay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't need to. I mean, luckily, Gre- Glen Gary, Glenn Ross has some really cool stuff in it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't need it and it doesn't, it doesn't matter. That, yeah. <laughs> um,
2: and I'd say like the performances, I mean, I guess there's more good performances in Glengarry Gary than there are in this because I do think that, you know, that. Our main cast are great, but I think that it suffers a bit on some of the side characters. I think, like, the rockabilly guy. Yeah, <laughs> no, no good
1: luckily he's barely in the movie <laughs> yeah, he gets
2: shot almost instantly <laughs> as if the movie is saying like i know i don't like him either <laughs> yeah he's
1: like from a christian movie like he's yeah. from like a made a straight to video movie. he's
2: ridiculous terrible um, character i feel
1: like even the warden is a little too on the nose he's a little too on the
2: nose um the big hard ass cop is a little too on the nose
1: you know clancy i think does a good job i think he is just kind of missed cast I think mm-hmm. like it's a w- it's a it's a really tough thing to do because he is so big and imposing but like he's just too evil sounding yeah you know like he doesn't seem like a guy who is like wielding his power he seems like a wizard who's like evil <laughs> you know he's like too evil because yeah like yeah, yeah. have you ever seen carnival no he's like a he's like a literal demon preacher in that movie Like uh-huh. he's a he's a he's some sort of like supernatural like demigod who is evil and he it works because he's so creepy and like mm-hmm. dark and imposing but this guy is just an asshole cop yeah and he's like too evil i think so there's a lot of like i think first time director kind of decisions where darabont might have not done it that way if he had like more experience casting and you know working with actors before but he had yeah it.
2: i always think that like one of the most upsetting things in this movie is that like in terms of, like, first-time director shit, that, like, the scene where Andy breaks out uh, and they're in the cell together and and the warden is like, this is a conspiracy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, you're all in on it. He's, like, throwing the rocks around and then he throws the one at the poster. It's like, you could have gotten there better. like Way
1: better. I thought that this time, too, where it's, just, like, including her and, like, throws it direct. It's like, come yeah, on, come man. On. <laughs> like, we really could have just had him be, like, fuck and then throw a rock at the wall
2: just like yeah he's like he's like going to like pound the wall and he like his arm just goes straight through something yeah
1: uh you you know it could have been done much more naturalistically but that's the kind of stuff where you didn't trust that actor
2: also why wouldn't andy take those little fucking rock sculptures with him yeah they're cool little rock sculptures he took
1: the chessboard yeah like they would have fit in that little bag (laughs) um but i wanted to come back to all that to say i think also, well, does
2: Red never play the harmonica?
1: No, he plays with, like two notes. When? If there's like a shot where it's like dark and he's in his cell and he goes.
2: Oh, is it the night that he thinks Andy's going to kill it himself? It might be, yeah. Okay.
1: Um, all that to say that there is missteps. There's big schmaltzy missteps. But that line, I think, makes the movie for me mm-hmm. because it's just like to be fair i I miss my friend yeah to be fair i think that the monologue he has there where he's like a bird that's let out of the cage is really like i'm already like being affected by that like Mm -hmm. that is a very emotional and it is over the top not over the top but like prosy it's so Mm -hmm. the movie's so writerly yes um that when he undercuts all of that with just like all that to say i'm fucking sad because my friend's not here Ooh, it gets me every time. Yeah, and I it's think all, it's
2: writerly in a way that, like, you almost expect the final scene to be like Morgan Freeman at a typewriters being like, "And now there's <laughs> my book." Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> it's so novelistic.
2: He like, and then he like takes it out. He's like, "The first manuscript of the Shawshank yeah. Redemption." <laughs> <laughs> Looks at camera.
1: Yeah, and that's just like a part of the way it is. Like, it's a it's a movie that's all narrated. We've got a you know a whole part where a different character narrates it. Every letter is read on narration. Yeah. Um, it's just a stylistic choice. And I think it's disqualifying for even talking about it in the top 20. You know, like, uh, it's not, you know, it's just, I just want to remove all of that expectation that it's, yes. it is a nice.
2: And if you remove that expectation from it, this is a great movie to, to catch on TV. This is a great movie to watch with your dad. Yes. That's a, the kind of movie this is. Yeah. That's what you should come into it expecting.
1: A, a, a almost made for TV level, except for quite a couple different shots. But like yeah. on the acting level, it's like it could be confused for an almost like, I will say the one thing that separates it and makes it a real movie is its patience. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really good editing. It's a long movie. It's two and a half hours long. Yeah. Um, And you don't, super feel it drags a tiny bit in a couple sequences but pretty nice and by the time you get to the explanation of the breakout which awesome yeah from then on (laughs) very good (laughs) love the breakout sequence like i talked about competency porn it's all about like how he did his little tricks it's like Mm -hmm. watching like someone explain a magic trick it's so fun yeah um and you, and I what I like about that, and I think that's probably what hooked Darabont. It has to be right. It's like what Stephen King came up with. It seemed like was a good way to break out of prison and mm-hmm. like an emotional way to break out of prison. Yeah. Um. And they set it up really well. I kept being like, "Are they gonna do like a dumb, like everything mattered kind of stuff?" But I feel like.
2: Like what do you mean? Like <laughs> I.
1: What I mean is like. He gets that rock hammer from Red, like, a year in. Yeah. He was in prison for, like, 19 years. Mm -hmm. And I remember, when I was watching it this time, I was like, did he know he was going to do that? Like, did he make up a hobby? No, 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 they show
2: him, like, uh, they show him just carving his Uh, name into the thing, and then a little big piece comes off, and he's like, what?
1: Yeah. No, no, I I was afraid that they were going to... Oh, I see. I was afraid that they were going to make it, like he'd always had all of these plans for 20 years and like everything falls into place in his grand master plan. But no, they go back and show like how he devised the plan and how it took him. Like, cause when he's carving his name, it's like six years in, I think. Yeah. Um, so he like had started just sort of like digging as a weird little time killer and then like eventually did it. Um, and it, I think all that stuff works really, really well. And
2: it's like fun to picture like you, like, Because of the way that it works, you get to imagine him, like, various nights before then, like, doing recon, like, going down to check out the pipe, and then coming back. Yeah, yeah. All the different times that he had to have probably risked it all just to, like, go and check out if the pipe goes somewhere or whatever, like trying to like look at, through the fence probably to see like does it let out somewhere or is it just a pipe to nowhere
1: where does this pipe go how, how do i find know if out? i'm
2: going to the right place w- in the pipe i thought
1: about that this time and i really wish there was like at least one shot where he was just sort of like looking at the pipe and like yes seeing and he yes, like, yes yes that's yes. the same pipe uh-huh and like you know i wish that was there um just because i'm a huge nerd i guess but no like-
2: that's i mean you're right that's something that would have added to the because you're already you're already doing the sequence where he's like letting out the rocks and whatever so fun like why not give us a little shot of him like maybe he's doing yard work out there and he sees the pipe letting the shit out and he's like look at that there it is yeah
1: yeah or when he was on the roof like mm-hmm. looking at like the whole Ooh, layout that would or whatever. be nice
2: it's that scene you revisit that scene and he's looking oh my god even while he's like he's pretending he's pretending to look out at the sunset and he's actually looking at the pipe
1: yeah because that would have been around the right time yeah he's like i'm gonna get in with the guards and then i'm gonna like be able to like i mean it seemed like realistically like his plane plan to like fuck the warden like comes a lot later like Mm -hmm. he wasn't ever planning on doing that
2: i don't think he was even planning on escaping i think he was just like you said i think he was just digging. digging as a time kill he didn't even think there was like you know anywhere to go right
1: yeah and then once he got to the pipe being like oh fuck where does that pipe lead yeah because it's not out you're not out
2: yeah and it's like a big ass pipe and you're like i could fit in there and also
1: it seems like there would be maintenance people for how many years was he like nervously nail-biting being like hope no one sees the big hole in the other side yeah. of the wall <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, he, yeah
2: like puts up a poster on the <laughs> other side
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's, like, a big sign that says, like, no drilling or something.
2: (laughs) No, it's just another poster of a chick. And so, like, the maintenance people are just like, hubba, hubba. (laughs) Anyway, about this pipe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, Marilyn Monroe, hey.
2: (laughs) That would be about mm, 10 years old? Yeah. (laughs) Old picture. Old picture. Anyway. sewage yeah gotta go through this thing
1: yeah and then crawling through the shit obviously it's like one of the worst things but it actually makes sense because who would do that right that it would be very far away i think it's a cool like sequence and it really works and it's all set up from the whole movie but the movie isn't about a guy like doing an oceans 12 11 break exactly it just like is in this movie about
2: male friendship yeah dude's rocking
1: dude's rocking um i think that's a big part of it is like learning to accept that you have to grow and like not confine yourself to things
2: yeah and 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 use your time you know that's such a huge they say theme it twice is like you got it like the get busy living or get busy dying is like such a huge part of this movie is like the way that he's like you know he takes on these projects and he tries to encourage everybody else to take on projects and like nobody listens to him and nobody ever like yeah. takes him up on it. Like red gets the harmonic and he's like, no, nah, I don't think I'm going to play it.
1: Yeah. Cause they're afraid of like actually doing anything. Yeah. I feel like it's a big, it really feels like a big love letter to like creativity more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like just being an, a nerd, you know, like yeah. it's about like, he's really into rocks. Maybe that'll pay off. You know, Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, maybe this can be your ticket out of something. It's like, it's really Mm screenwritery. It's like, I'm going to make movies. I'm going to devote myself to something and live my life and care about things so that I can like find happiness in like doing stuff with people. I think that's really what it's about. And I think that that, it has this almost sort of, if you say it that way, it has this almost like Sigma grind set kind of like,
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Message, which is just like, really just keep your head down, work real hard, you know you can do it.
2: Even like, not even a work real hard, but like a, like, like devote yourself to something. Yeah, which I don't necessarily disagree with. Yeah, absolutely, (laughs) yeah. It's totally like, I think about this so much that it's like, you're like your mind is a fucking palace and like yeah. you get that like you get to have that it's like the greatest gift in the world is your fucking mind and like it's it's depressing to to see like red and them like not doing anything you're just kind of like farting around all day every day for like fucking 20 30 years of <laughs> <Yeah>. your life <laughs> completely
1: giving up and i think what's smart about the movie is and i think what's nice to be able to read into it is that they're being exploited while that happens? Mm-hmm. Um, that you can just live your life doing nothing, completely accepting that you live in this gray, drab, pointless thing, and then you die, yeah. Um, or you can commit yourself to something and break out of it. And I think that more than anything, from a guy who clearly loves screenwriting and movies, is more about what it is than like any sort of like spiritual thing, yeah. Um, Maybe the Green Mile would prove me wrong, <laughs> but I think I think for a movie that guys love, like internet guys love so much, it could be a lot worse. Like, there's almost no—I don't know. There's not anything really offensively like ideological in this. It's no, a, it's no, a, no. It's a really good movie about. It's like, a
2: little, maybe a little homophobic, but yeah,
1: yeah. I guess that's true. Um, um, it's the '40s or whatever.
2: 50s i mean it's the 90s they made it in the 90s That's true. <laughs> um, they could have been a little more forgiving of the of the sisters the only,
1: or at least have a gay guy who wasn't raping in a devil yeah yeah uh, <laughs> uh but those are you know pretty tough scenes yeah
2: you're supposed to be like it's supposed to be like a like a woke line when he says like like they're going to be like upset that I'm not homosexual. It's like, they're not homosexual either. Yeah. You have to be human to be homosexual. <laughs> and that's supposed to be their way of being like, look, it's not about them being gay. Yeah. But it's like, that's a, it'll be even worse. Abs- that's kind of worse in a lot <laughs> of ways. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and then I, I, I feel like the movie lives in this like nineties. It's the fifties, but it's not racist world. Mm-hmm. And well, that's I, the thing, yeah, is it's like, I didn't race mean to, like
2: never comes up except for like the one funny line where he's like he's like why do they call you race? He's like I think it's cuz I'm Irish.
1: Right, right. Which I mean, hilarious sure, line. Yeah. I but also written for a white guy. Yeah. Um and I think that's a very like Morgan Freeman thing. He's like let's not talk about race at all. Mm-hmm. Uh and that was just like the vibe of the 90s is like let me get my money. <laughs> you know, like let's not make a whole statement about this. It's yeah. just let's have integration and that's all it's just a movie it's just a movie um but i i that would be like probably the biggest criticism you could give if you wanted to criticize the movie is that it doesn't address like the institutional racism of the slavery of the prison and like yeah this movie should be all black guys mm-hmm. like there's no reason andy needs to be a white guy right um
2: Except that you need to sympathize when he breaks out of prison. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Except
1: he has to be a white guy. Except he has to be a
2: white guy or else the movie will never sell.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, I wonder if even in the the book they say any of the races...
2: I mean, I think Red saying he's Irish is, you know...
1: I don't know if that's in the book, though. I have
2: to imagine it is. Otherwise, that's a v- if that's not in the book, that's a very funny line to have written into
1: it. <laughs> well, because in the book, because in the original screenplay, it's supposed to be sarcastic. Or mm-hmm. he's like... It
2: is. I mean, it is in the movie, too. I love that about it. Like, But, I mean, like, it's it's hard to decide if it's funnier that he added that or if it's funnier if, in the book, Red is a white Irish guy... <laughs> And they're like, well, he says that line. Wouldn't it be funny if the black guy says that in a joking, oh, sarcastic do you not know way? the story about
1: this? No. Oh, the story is is that when Darabont wrote it, he wrote it and read the Irish guy, mm-hmm. and it's he's supposed to say it as like maybe it's because I'm fucking Irish, like idiot. Yeah. Um, and then when more they sent it to Morgan Freeman on accident, like no one asked Morgan Freeman to read it, mm-hmm. and he was like, I'll do it, and they're like, and Darabont was like, oh, well red is supposed to be Irish so I'll just rewrite the character for you he's like you do and I won't take it (laughs) and so that's why the line is like that interesting because he's like no don't change anything yeah like I want to be this guy and so he played red as that guy all right so the the story is is that that it was supposed to be an Irish guy being like you're an idiot. Why would you not know I'm, I'm fucking Irish? Yeah. <laughs> visibly
2: then, Irish, but it, it's, it's funny it's that funnier. it's, it's much funnier that it's a black guy saying, maybe cause I'm Irish. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Morgan, Morgan Freeman being like, no, this line will be good. If I say it is very smart of him, yeah. I think. Um, and also not trusting Frank Darabont to write a black character. <laughs> yes. Also very good. <laughs> very good, good thinking, job. Yeah. Morgan Freeman. Cause he's great in this movie. I mean, every, the, the two guys are great. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it it um, I don't know. I think it really works. It's a cute movie. Yeah. Um, cute movie, good one to watch with your dad. I can't say that you know, as a, as the internet sacred cows series, I guess concludes.
2: Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna push back a week or what. We'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see how we feel <laughs> coming back.
1: Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll release it early or something. But um, as it concludes, I gotta say that this is the best one
2: uh what did we do they live they live godfather in this yes absolutely this is the best it's, one. The Easily. B- it's better than Godfather. Easily, yes this is better than the godfather for sure <laughs>
1: yeah so i mean like if you think it's if you
2: think the godfather is th- the best movie ever made then my friend have i got a movie <laughs> for you
1: <laughs> it's good i think it's watchable it's it's never like ugh. i think it's as i've gotten older and as i've been doing this show watching a two and a half hour movie there's a big chance I'm going to be like, Oh my God. Yeah. Be over. But I really enjoyed this one and it's, it's a cute movie and definitely. I definitely recommend it if you haven't seen it. And if you haven't seen it in a long time, it holds up. I think,
2: you know what I realized by the way, on the topic of um, uh, doing the show after Christmas, uh, we should do, uh, <laughs> we should do two movies the week we come back. Cause I know we're both going to watch the new matrix movie.
1: Yep, I got my tickets all set up to, uh, you know, roll through the snow and <laughs> and and watch it in <laughs> Just, the theater.
2: Who cares? Who cares about the damn snow? You want to do
1: The Matrix Resurrections as an episode? That's a great idea.
2: I think we should do, yeah, the bonus next week we'll do, uh, or two weeks we'll do Matrix.
1: Ooh, okay.
2: Love it. Right, we'll come back. We'll do, like, our regular movie for the week, because bo- we're both going to watch it.
1: I'm going to watch it. Um, I mean... Even if that movie theater closes down due to snow, I'll uh, <laughs> I'll just watch it online. <laughs> it's a big blizzard coming. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I recommend it. Yeah, I recommend it. It's a cute movie. It's not the best movie. It's ever. It's not
2: the best movie ever made.
1: Just go into it. Just
2: free yourself from that expectation. A nice
1: movie about creativity and passion and and, and dudes hope. rocking and yeah.
2: hope and. Sword of Jesus. It's
1: a feel-good movie. If you're even slightly less cynical than this, it'll make you cry. Yeah. <laughs> so I like it. All right. That's been Generation Lost. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you'd like to hear more of our show, go to patreon.com slash generation loss, where we do a bonus episode every week. Um, every fucking You will week. have access to every bonus episode we've ever done. Some of them are quite worth revisiting. Uh, there's quite a few people in our Discord now doing that, which is mind-blowing to me. Um, speaking of Discord, you'll get Discord access, and you'll be able to chat with all of the people doing that same thing, and you'll be able to watch the movie we're going to talk about on Monday. Other than that, you can follow us on Twitter at Jen Lost pod You can follow us individually from there, and we will see you next time. See
2: you next time. Goodbye.
1: Bye.
0: To clamp down with your iron fist, drugs became conveniently available for all the kids. Following the rights movement, to clamp down with your iron fist, drugs became conveniently available for all the kids. Mother, my, my, my crack, my smack, my bitch, right here in Hollywood. Nearly two million Americans are incarcerated in the prison system, prison system of the U.S. They're the numbers on. They're to prison. All our taxes paying for your wars against the new non-rich. Minor drug offenders fill your prisons, you don't even flinch. All our taxes paying for your wars against the new non-rich. My, 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 crack, my, smack, my bitch right here in Hollywood. The percentage of Americans in the prison system, prison system has doubled since 1985. Get your love to the prison. prison.
2: are now your global policy. Now you police the globe. My, 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 crack, my,
0: smack, my bitch right here in Hollywood.
2: Drug money's used to rig elections and train brutal corporate-sponsored
0: dictators around the world. They're trying to build a prison. They're trying to build a prison.